0: that we do pray and believe. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. amen. Thank you, Maestro, for that prayer, even for the city of Compton. And if you've seen the pictures that people have been posting on social media, it is shameful. Looks like bombs have been dropped everywhere. Uh, But we know God can do all things and work through the hearts of men. Even when they don't want to be used, God will still use them. How's everybody doing this morning? Nice and warm. Nice (laughs) and warm today. a little hot to me. Justin, my brother, how you doing today? I'm glad you are here. Glad you're here and hope to see you again. Uh, Just briefly, I put this up because uh, I won't call a friend, a colleague, someone I know sent this to me in in, uh, Facebook instant messenger and I said, you know, I kind of like that I can get behind something like that and uh, I think I'm going to get a couple just to make some people mad. (laughs) Just to make them mad. You know, you want to see how they are going to respond if they see somebody walking around with a shirt that says make Africa great again uh, but you know we, we know that slogan of uh, number 45 and uh, somehow we have to look at our leadership as he refers to uh, places like Africa as, as toilets and I can't use the words that he used uh, but it, it's something that when you have a continent that was raped and abused and stripped of its people and its resources. Obviously, it was not such a toilet if it was there for you to rob. But through our policies and our influence and the things that we have done to get in the way, we have raked the land and left nothing for them and then want to criticize the people. But that's another story. So uh, and if you're interested in, the, in these shirts, let me know and I will let Eric know. And uh, pass that information on to everybody else. Uh, We're going to David's book of Psalms. Uh, We're going to the 103rd Psalm, verses 6 through 10. Uh, And the words read, The Lord executes righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the children of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious slow to anger and abounding in mercy. He will not always strive with us, nor will he keep his anger forever. He has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor punished us according to our iniquities. And the voice translation, verse 10 says, Thankfully, God does not punish us for our sins and depravity as we deserve. In his mercy, he tempers justice with peace. I really like the way the voice put that into that. Thankfully, God does not punish us for our sins and depravity as we deserve. And so this morning, I'm going to use for a theme, better than I deserve. Better than I deserve. Yes, Elder, we still are dealing with a little transformation in this. It's just... not directly as it has, but still have to have an, a, a spirit of transforming who we are and what we believe and what we're doing when it comes to this thing called church. Uh, I was, three years ago, when we first moved to Texas, uh, I went for my physical and the doctor, as uh, you have to do when you get to a certain age, uh, do that dreaded prostate exam and uh, he found blood so he recommended that I go and have a colonoscopy and so three years ago we go get the colonoscopy and they removed three polyps Uh, and he said at that particular day, one of them looks sketchy so we're going to send them in (coughs) so they send them in, two came back fine, one came back malignant, so they said well, we, we removed everything and the tissue around Uh, but we recommend that you come back in three years so three years happened two two weeks ago and I went and they removed four pops this time they were smaller than the ones they removed three years ago but nonetheless gave me pause because if the one from three years ago was malignant and they got more this time maybe the report on this won't be as good so we wait for the test, wait for the results, and finally hear from the doctor, and they says everything is negative. And I'm thinking, boy, God has really been good to me. Even my mother responded and said, "Well, God sure is looking out for you. He has given me better than I deserve. Better than I deserve. I don't deserve his goodness or his mercy, but for some reason, in spite of having these polyps, they came back negative. And so this week, we had the events that are taking place, and, and, if, and if no one has figured this out yet, they, I, I really have a problem with doing things because this is the way we've always done it when it comes to church. Yeah. And I have a, a, I believe, a natural rebellious streak, uh, By thanks for my mother. <laughs> <laughs> That questions things and says, well, you know what? I, I don't just because you tell me we're supposed to do it this way. I'm just not going to accept it on face value. So we had the whole thing, and people are posting on Facebook that made it to New Orleans. Some people made it to other countries to participate in carnival or Mardi Gras, whatever they call it. And of course, we know the 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 height of the depravity happens on Fat Tuesday. And then something miraculous is supposed to occur on the next day that after we done spent the whole year and this last week and this last day of drinking and doing all things that we know that are not in a manner of what God has called for our lives, we wake up, go to church, go to church that night and have somebody stand up there and put some smuts on our foreheads. And then we proceed to fast for 40 days. Thing called Lent. I preached about this before how I think I'm developing a certain level of despising traditions. And Lent is chief among them. And uh, I put a post on Facebook because it just bothered me to my core as we think about transformation and changing how we view our our walk, our worship, and and our witness, that what value does Lent have in our lives? What is it about Lent that just sends these people crazy and thinking that they give up cigars, or give up social media, everything is cool? So I said, God is not pleased, or God is not looking for us to follow around man-made traditions masquerading as doctrine, he is looking for us to follow him And what I noticed is that about a day after I posted that, I started seeing pastors and friends of mine, devoted Christians, putting posts up justifying Lent. And and, uh, this is kind of an amalgamation. I just took bits and pieces from everything. But this kind of sums up the, the theme that they were saying. Fasting is a form of denying self from food and other activities that we enjoy. either enjoy or do not add value to our lives, i.e., social media. You know, the folks that say, I'll see you in 40 days, I'm taking a fast from Facebook. Fasting for spiritual purposes, like during Lent, is to show restraint and self-control. It requires spiritual discipline to allow each person to focus on their relationship with God without the distractions of fleshly desires. It is a preparation for Easter. Now, as I proceed, I want to make sure no one understands, I am not saying do not fast. I'm saying that you need to understand the purpose of your fasting. That if you're going to fast during Lent, you need to understand what Lent is supposed to be, or at least what we believe Lent to be, and why are we doing this? But it just gets to this whole thing. I saw this, uh, I was looking at this commercial and understand. That's not how it works. <laughs> it's not how any of this works. You've seen this commercial. The lady, she gets her pictures and she said, I've saved so much time, I post my pictures on the wall. She's literally putting pictures on the wall. And the lady stands up, tells her, this is not how it works. And then I unfriend you. (laughs) We've been doing this wrong that we call church. We've been doing it wrong for centuries. And that's why transformation is required that we get to this place of, of doing things from God's point of view and not from what some men or a group of men said this is what we're going to do. There are some who believe that practicing a few rituals, I keep saying I feel like a quote machine this year, are enough to please God, but a relationship with God demands a complete commitment to something, someone greater than a ritual or tradition. We think that these little 40 days prior to what we call Easter, is important. But why is this 40 days more important than the 40 days after? Or the 40 days before Christmas? Or the 40 days after Christmas? Where did this all of a sudden become a special time? I I, I was looking in the Bible and I'm trying to figure out, did Jesus do something special in the 40 days subsequent to his... Triumphant arrival into Israel, I don't think I read anything that said that he did anything special, that he didn't prepare anything special leading up to Palm Sunday. There were some things that were going on, but no different than any other time. He's feeding people, he's healing people, he's performing miracles, he's praying. But nothing's out of the ordinary. That was part of his regular routine. Let's is not in the Bible. You can scan the entire Bible and you will not find the words Lent. Lent is a Catholic church or or originates in the Catholic church. Most of the people who I know that are bragging about what they're doing for Lent are part of Protestant religions. But this is a Catholic thing. Lent wasn't practiced until about the 4th century, widely. After Constantine, the, Emperor, uh, the Roman Emperor Constantine made way for the spread, made Christian, or created uh, an environment, wrote laws that no longer outlawed Christianity, and pretty much influenced every territory he conquered to uh, convert to Christianity. There, the, some scholars believe that he himself did not commit to Christ until he was almost dead, but allowed these laws to be changed because his mother was a convert. Interestingly enough, that we have women influencing the church even then. So we, when we look at this and understand Constantine and understand that what he was doing is that as he conquered territories, the pagans as we refer to them as, he allowed them to practice what they practiced but influence, infused it a little bit with Christianity. So it made it easier for these people to accept, because I can still do what I've always done, but add a little bit of the Christianity on top of it. Which is why this whole Mardi Gras, or the whole festival that started out centuries ago, (coughs) uh, became Ash Wednesday the following day. You go ahead and still have your festival and celebrate the way you want. But after you get through all the stuff you've done wrong and had your merriment, tomorrow you're going to start atoning. And you're going to start atoning like they used to do in the Old Testament by wearing ashes and sackcloth. But Jesus never told us to do that the Protestant Reformation that took place around the 1600s, led by a Catholic priest named Martin Luther, wrote his 95 Theses where he walked up to the church where he served and tacked it right on the door. 95 things that the Catholic Church is doing wrong. Actually, I don't want to say doing wrong. Where they are abusing their power to manipulate the people. Almost 100 things that he wrote, the 95 Theses, and I understand this very well because I went to a Lutheran school, and I had to learn about Martin Luther. That was the big thing about it. 1600, Constantine is 380, 1600, all this time Christianity has spread. Catholic Church is now conquering all this territory because once upon a time the Pope was the most powerful man on the planet. I think I did this wrong. Yeah, I did do this wrong. Oh, okay, no, I didn't. Reminding, again, fasting for spiritual purposes like during Lent is to show restraint and self-control as if we're not supposed to show restraint and self-control the rest of the year. (laughs) We have to follow the Lord every day. Not just through a random period of time we see in the Gospel of Luke Jesus said in chapter 9 verse 23 if anyone desires to come after me let him deny himself this is the self control control and restraint let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me so if Jesus is saying you need to do this every day you better show restraint and self control monday through sunday daily you don't have an excuse or a license to just go out and revel and drink and everything else that you're going to do for the entire year and then all of a sudden think because you wake up the next day put on some ashes and then put it all over social media about what you've given up That everything's cool See, I've I, I asked a few people, some people send me texts, some people send me direct messages, is that if you participate in Lenten activities, what, what are you gaining from this? What is the purpose of it? And I, I really believe that people uh, think that when they participate that they've somehow fulfilled an obligation to God. <laughs> yeah. I started thinking back when I participated in Lent. When I showed up at the church for the Lenten service and had somebody putting some smooots on my forehead, and then I'm talking about all the stuff that I'm giving up that I never actually did. <laughs> and we know everybody, everybody who said that they would go fast for them 40 days didn't. And we know mathematically it's not 40 days between now and either, I mean, there's all these, well, then you don't, on Friday you don't have to eat, you can eat fish, and we don't count the Sundays and it's actually ending this day. See this? Man made. God has not given us stuff confusion. Men have made things convoluted and confused. I've done my part. I've fulfilled my obligation to God. And because I've done this, now I deserve all that God has promised. Everything He said, now I deserve it. Because I'm fasting, (laughs) I'm repenting and atoning for my sins for these 40 days. I stopped cursing. Except for when that guy cut me off on the road. I gave up soda. Except for the night when I had pizza, because I gotta have soda with my pizza. I gave up ice cream. That was easy to do because I just got frozen yogurt for either (laughs) one. You know how we do. I was too weak. I couldn't couldn't make it to 5 o'clock today. I had a headache. My stomach was was about to pass out. But everybody else was real. I was at a business meeting. I've done that. I was on a fast and I'm called. You know what? I know I said I was going to give up meat, but I'm going out on this business meeting and they're taking us to a steakhouse. How am I supposed to be on a fast and I can't go turn down a cowboy ribeye? I read my Bible more I prayed more I fulfilled my obligation God now now you have to give me what, what you said and we keep forgetting God has already given us more than we deserve we don't deserve this because all of a sudden you decide you'll read your Bible more and that only in- included a verse a day when you remembered you only it, it increased your prayer except for when sports center was on nothing that we do during Lent is deserving of God's mercy nothing even though people will try and tell you it is but I've come to believe that at the heart of being a grateful person is the obedience to serve God not the obligation to serve God and you think about it I go to the doctor and he tells me this is negative There's no cancer there. Am I now serving God because I'm obligated or because I'm grateful that he has spared me? And even if the report came back, yes, every one of those polyps was uh, cancerous. I've been alive for 52 years on this planet. I've got to live a relatively good life. I have people who love me and surround me and love me. What do I have to complain about? How many times have we heard that if the Lord has not done anything else for us, he's already done enough. We don't really believe that because we think we deserve it. Uh (laughs) I fulfilled my obligation. I deserve everything that I get and I deserve more just because I'm a spoiled bratty child. (laughs) Think of how we are with our children or our children are with us. Thinking that they deserve something that they haven't earned. Or just because they've done something good or did what you were told them to do, somehow they're worthy of praise. And I'm, you should be giving me this because I wash the dishes. That's your job. <laughs> but out of the heart of gratefulness is obedience. And we see this in 2 Corinthians 9.12. He says, giving grows out of the heart. He's talking about giving, but it still serves whether you're doing it out of obligation or out of uh, gratefulness. Otherwise, you reluctantly grumbled yes because you felt you had to or because you couldn't say no. But this isn't the way God wants it. For we know that God loves a cheerful giver. God loves a grateful giver. Don't give, don't share, don't worship him because you're obligated to. Do it because you are cheerful and grateful of what God has done. Yes, yes, yes. And if you go fast, fast because you are grateful of everything God has done, not because you're obligated through a period of time, some arbitrary period of time that doesn't consult consult fit with what we understand the Bible says, but fits with what man says. Yes, yes. Isn't it interesting that this all coincides with the, uh, the vernal equinox? The, the, the spring equinox is when all of a sudden all this stuff starts happening. These 40 days, remember? Constantine is telling you, take this little bit of Christianity and infuse it with what you've been doing. If you've been worshiping these gods during this time, stop it on this day and now convert to Christianity. But we fasting for this, this period of time. now. Samuel told us better when he ran into Saul. 1 Samuel 15, 22. So Samuel said, "Has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrificing, as in obeying the voice of the Lord. Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice. I'm giving up cigars, but I can't love nobody. I've given up ice cream, but I haven't forgiven anybody. I'm reading my Bible more but I can't help anyone what it is all worth what are we doing during this period of time I'm doing this out of obligation so that I can get everything God has promised but you don't deserve it we don't deserve it I'm going to tell you this first thing fast for the right reason. And then when you fast, keep it to yourself. I'm telling you, these people got pictures, picture after picture, Ash Wednesday selfie. Got my ashes. Just left church. I don't care. God, God, if God don't care, I certainly don't care. He told them in Matthew 6, verse 16 and 18. When you fast, do not be like the hypocrites with a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces that they may appear to men to be fasting. My ashes on my forehead appear to men to be fasting. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. You done got your glory when you posted your selfie with them ashes on your head. Actually. That smut because they don't even look like ashes, just like some dirt mud. That's your reward, that's your glory for telling the world that you selfie in the car. But you, when you fast, anoint your head, wash your face, get that smuts off your face. So that you do not appear to men to be fasting, but to your Father who is in the secret place. Yes. And your Father who sees you in secret will re- reward you openly. Yes. Yes. I, I was going to tell somebody when he talking about, I'm dropping off Facebook for 48, don't tell me, just go. <laughs> just do it bro, nobody cares. When I stopped Facebook, because I stopped for almost, like, for what, a couple of months? Just because I was mad. <laughs> Ain't no take no effort to give up Facebook 40 days. I just did it because I was mad. These people were aggravating me on Facebook. I didn't want to deal with that, so I stopped going on. Simple. Didn't advertise it to everybody. It was like, I'm giving up Facebook. I just wasn't there. Where you been? Well, if you ask me, I'm gonna tell you. I'm sick of you stupid people on Facebook. Mark chapter 7, 7, Jesus is telling the people to voice translation. Their worship is empty, void of true devotion. They teach a human commandment, memorized and practiced by rote, which is habitual repetition. Yeah. You only doing this because somebody told you should do it and you continue to do it, except you're not a rebel a rebel like me that says, why I gotta do it? Why I gotta go up to this church and have somebody put some crap on the forehead of my forehead and I'm supposed to fast for 40 days? Why? You're only doing it because he says you're doing it by habitual reputation. And not only that, it is void of true devotion. That is harsh when you think the word of God is saying what you're doing. Because I know some good people that I would call good people that are doing this earnestly thinking they're doing the right thing. And he says, whatever you're doing is empty and devoid of true devotion. That they teach a human commandment. Human commandment. Not God's word. A human commandment. (laughs) Psalm 1. Thought of this this morning. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. Not devoid of true true, uh, devotion, but the thing is, when he says, who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, When my wife and I went to a church a couple of weeks ago and this pastor brought this up, when a pastor, a man of God, woman of God, is telling you to participate in something that has no basis in scripture, that's ungodly counsel. Ungodly to have you doing something men tell you to do when God ain't told you to do nothing. When I see a pastor telling me off, putting off responding to my post on Facebook trying to tell people why they should be participating in Lent mm-hmm. instead of saying you should be doing this all the time. You should be transforming your life to make this a regular part of your life. Yeah. You just do it for this period of time. Show some self-control and self-restraint during this 40 days and you cool. That's ungodly counsel. And God says, bless the man who walks not Walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. But yet we have Sunday after Sunday. People who live doing the same old thing. And it just hurts me. It hurts me to my core. To see people I know continue to do the same thing. Because we, we talked about this in Matthew chapter 7. Verse 21. Not everyone who says to me. Lord, Lord. Shall enter the kingdom of heaven. you have spent your life going to church. You've been obligated every year for 40 days to give up something that you couldn't stick to for that 40 days. Giving everything that you didn't deserve. And then Jesus says at the last day, these people go come to me, I ain't enter in heaven. I don't care what you've been doing because you're doing it wrong. One thing we know for certain, God continues to love us even when we turn from him and lift up man-made traditions instead of following him. Even when we do everything that he tells us not to do, he still loves us. He continues to give us better than we deserve simply because he loves us. Just because he loves you better than you deserve. Uh, Lamentations 3, 19 through 24. Remember my affliction in roaming, the wormwood and the gall. Wormwood and gall are bitter. Wormwood is poisonous. And the the writer is remembering, when I'm wandering through the world, roaming around, the bitterness of life, my soul still remembers and sinks within me. If you've ever been to that place, because I know I have, when you look back on your life, before Christ, and even after some of us have been playing church and came to Christ, but we were still living in the world, you can look back, he says, my soul still remembers and sinks within me when I was living this wayward life. This I recall to my mind, therefore I have hope through the Lord, the mercies are, we are never consumed, we are not consumed, because his compassions fail not. Better than you deserve. You've been doing all this stuff wrong, continue to do wrong, live the wretched life, but through the Lord's mercies we are not consumed. Because his compassions fail not. Just simply he loves us. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I have hope in him. Not obligation. I have hope in him. Again, I want to stress, I'm not telling folks, don't fast. I'm not telling you don't fast for Lent. I just want you to understand what we're dealing with here. Lent is not enough. It's a man-made thing. You could go ahead and fast for Lent, but understand what you're doing. You're following a man-made tradition and not something based in doctrine. And that's all I want to stress for anybody. I swear to God, when I talk to people, I said, all I want to do is teach people the word of God. And if it is not in the Bible, I got no use for it. No. No. People who have watched us on Facebook lives, why do you guys do communion this way? That's not the way we do it. Where's your altar? Now, do you see anything in the Bible that says Jesus, when he did the Last Supper, he was just chilling with his voice sitting at a table having dinner, broke some bread, drank some wine. And we have turned it into this big mystical thing. Even when I went to Catholic school and had to study Catholicism, they actually teach that the blood of the the, the bread literally transforms into the body of Christ and that the wine literally turns into his blood. I've told you what the man told me before. God is not spooky. We have made God spooky to tell people that when they're eating this little wafer of bread that this thing is literally transforming into flesh. That's spooky. (laughs) That you are drinking some grape juice that is turning into blood. (laughs) That's right. Welch's. It's Welch's grape juice. We're just doing something that's just... A, 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 a metaphor yeah. symbolism but we have turned it into something spooky we have turned everything wrong but God loves us anyway and Romans 5 6-9 tells us for when we were still without strength in due time Christ died for the ungodly that's you and me yeah. Yeah. for scarcely for a righteous man will, die, will one die yet perhaps for a good man someone would even dare to die but God demonstrates his own love towards us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than having been now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. Better than we deserve. We deserve his wrath, but because God sent his son and his son died and paid, we are justified by his blood that we are saved from his wrath. Not because we gave up cigars or ice cream or TV from 8 to 5. You you know those people that did fast from TV except for when Scandal used to come on? <laughs> What's the new hot show this year? Oh, This Is Us. You know, uh, I'm fasting except for when it's a new episode of This Is Us. So that, what they'll do is tape it and watch it on Sunday. You still? You didn't give up nothing, bro! Well, Sunday's not included. That's the day I can eat so I can watch TV better than you deserve. Better than you deserve. And we sit around here and think that we're doing something. Think that we have done something or fulfilled our obligation to Christ. Because we have decided to follow a man-made tradition. This is way better than we deserve. We deserve to die. We deserve to be sent to the pits of hell. But for some reason, for some reason, God decided that we were worth saving. No matter what we've done, we're never too far away from the love of Christ. But you know, the thing that really gets me about Lent is that we have all these churches, Protestant churches especially, that look down on some of the denominations that are work-based faith. And we talk to them and tell them that works are not the way to gain salvation. But yet, we are teaching people that if you honor these 40 days, you are working towards salvation. And you, you really put it in context. Jesus fasted for 40 days at one point in time. The beginning of his ministry. Three years later is when he died. Man has taken something event from three years ago, tied it to a present day event, and then said this is what we're supposed to follow. If God wanted us to go that path, he would have set aside in the Bible a 40 day period of Jesus doing something special just for that time prior to his death. But he didn't. So why are we doing it? Why are we telling people that This is the way to get into heaven. Ephesians 2 says, Ephesians 2.8, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. The Facebook selfie, boasting, he said it is through grace, because it is a gift of God. Verse 13 says, but now in Christ Jesus, you were once who were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Not by your fast and for Not by following man-made traditions. Because God paid the price. He gave the gift. Lord God, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you and praise you. We give your name glory. We praise you and we honor you for being our God. We thank you, Lord, that you have given us your word that all we have to do is read it. We don't have to listen to what men say. We have a book that we can read and tells us how we're supposed to live our lives. And so we thank you, Lord, as we continue to transform and and understanding that we don't have to do things the way everybody said we're supposed to do. That we don't have to continue to follow in man-made traditions. That we can just worship you in spirit and in truth that we will begin to see a transformation in our lives, that we are living for you and no longer living for men. We love you, God, and we bless you. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, at the heart of Martin Luther's protest against the Catholic Church, what he saw was the abuse and realizing that when you're in an abusive relationship, whether it's a spiritual or physical, you're bound. You you are held captive to this abuse. We've seen this in, in our relationships with people. Women who are abused can't get away from their abuser. They may not be physically locked in chains, but mentally they are chained to these people. And mentally as Christians, we are chained to traditions. We are chained to rituals. And no matter what people have said and tried to educate us and tell us to do things God's way, we still keep going back. It always makes me think of when Bishop Kirkland preached a sermon talking about when the children of Israel left Egypt. There were some that wanted to go back. Freedom was too much for them. They'd rather be back in chains than doing things in freedom. And Jesus said, he even said in Luke 4, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recover sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. Those who are oppressed, to set at liberty, to free them from the oppression of rituals, to free them from the tradition. I did not come To give you man-made traditions, I hear the Lord say. And yet, we still have people that even the ones who will watch this broadcast on Facebook, who will listen to the podcast online, will then still text me and send me messages and talk about the reason why they're still doing it. After I say it, I don't care, you do it. I'm not telling you not to fast. I just want you to understand what you're doing and make sure your heart is in the right place. But if you are bound, if you are chained to this, you need the Jesus to break you free. Yeah. Oh, yeah. To break you free of this, this obligation to God instead of a willingness and a grateful heart to love and serve him. Because he has given us so much. And it is so much better than we deserve. So much better than we deserve. And it's, uh... Stephen, you know this song. I've decided to make Jesus my choice. I was listening to this all weekend. Some people choose houses and land, some choose silver and gold. These things they treasure and abandon their soul. But I've decided to make Jesus my choice. That song moved me to my core when you think about that. That these people will choose tradition and rituals. We will choose silver and gold. Houses and land and abandon everything in our soul. But until you transform the way you're thinking. Then you will make Jesus your choice. And that's the challenge we have to make for ourselves. This is the goal we have to set for ourselves as we move forward throughout the rest of this year. That we choose Jesus and get rid of all this stuff that adds no value to our relationship with him. Break the chains of oppression. Get out of this abusive relationship. The got that, that chorus really gets me. When the going gets somewhere. Make Jesus your choice. Amen? Amen. I am about to lose it, so I'm going to end now. Pastor Chris, can you do it? Dear Lord Heavenly
1: Father, we thank you today for confirming the fact that we not only belong to a transformational church, but we belong to a rebel church that <laughs> we Not fighting against those things which are right, For fighting against those things that are wrong, Heavenly Father. Those things that we do and don't understand, Heavenly Father. We thank you for releasing the chains and the shackles of tradition and what men would say. Mm -hmm. But going directly to you, opening your word, Heavenly Father, to see what you would have to say. I thank you that we are producing good works, not... That we are seeking salvation in the works, Heavenly Father. Yes, God. But we seek You first in Your kingdom, and the works we do, which are from our heart, are things that are just added, Heavenly Father. Those that we feed, that's work that's added. Yes. The classrooms and the children that we take care of, that's added work, Heavenly Father, to what You've already done in our hearts. Yes, Heavenly God. Father. Again, not that any of us should boast. We have no. Salvation of our own to give and no heaven or hell to put anyone in but what we do have is Christ in our hearts working and transforming us Heavenly Father and that work and that transformation is what produces the work that lets you shine and be a bright light in this world Heavenly Father Father. shining in darkness shining in every dark place Heavenly Father from the the top of our government to the bottom of of, of the potholes and combs Heavenly Father you are a light that shines yes God and we thank you, thank you God. for what you've done. Thank you, God. And as we leave here, yes. Heavenly Father, yes,
0: God.
1: may the grace of God, yes. the presence and the peace of the Holy Spirit yes, be within our hearts and may we take it everywhere that we go. Yes. And it's in Jesus' name Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you.